0: on behalf of the people you mentioned uh i would like to say that uh, i i found out very early like some of them did too that humility was cheaper Mm -hmm. pride and arrogance is expensive you can get a lot of things done for you as goodwill when you're humble but when you're proud people make you pay Yes yes yeah, they call me original wonder band in the original vibe machine. Right now I'm chilling with the commissioners with the K, DJ Gay Wise Stoller, and Soundboy T keep listening original so.
1: With a K and I am Weiss Toller.
2: I'm DJ Gabe. Teddy, I'm Roko Asambuetti. We're a lot of mechanic work here. Mechanical <laughs> is good <laughs> if you know what you're doing. Mechanical <laughs> is good. Yeah, if you know what you're doing, absolutely. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, how are you guys though? I, I'm i good. Mm. How are you?
1: Well, I'm good. I'm good, good, good. Happy uh, we finally were able to lock down our guests for today's interview. Yes, it's, uh, I
3: think it's been a long time coming. Definitely. and i know people are wanting to know who this our special guest is so who's going to do the introduction do you want me to do it or do yeah we've you know, okay, don't we or should we get teddy to do it
2: <laughs> i think yeah maybe i should do it because yes. i've never met him yeah. yes this is the first time uh meeting him and he said to me that he's an up, up and coming comedian but <laughs> there's no way you're going to be up and coming and have such mileage you know? and you, be, you have to be agile on your feet he's he thinks on his feet very quickly. What's it called? Is it wittiness? Yeah, or well, the wit is natural. Yeah, yeah natural the wit. wit. Natural. So we have a very, very, very important person here, you know, who cuts across not just uh, the world of comedy, but uh, having spent a few minutes with him today, um, you know, he's taking me from from DJing to to a bit of politics, a bit of history,
3: you know, he's, he's really giving us a lot in in a few minutes in just a few minutes i I mean i personally i've always wanted to have a sit down with him because he's what i call an erudite you know he is a titan in my books i've watched him from a distance you know and i've just admired from a distance so now to finally have this sit down i think it's an honor to me you know and and i'm sure it's all of guys, us yeah absolutely you as well, you know? absolutely so who are we talking about
2: we're talking about the one and only alibaba and we are not talking about the shopping no, site neither any. are we talking about the one with the 40 thieves <laughs> <laughs>
3: this is this is alibaba with a 40 mouse you know the gcfr <laughs> yes. alibaba that has gcfr for the benefit of those who are non-nigerians when you have alibaba gcfr when you have those initials i'm sure he'll explain that what that means you know in a second but we have alibaba gcfr in the building yes Thank you.
2: Thank well, you. Thank welcome you. to the commissioner's podcast thank you, know.
3: you for having me thank you so
0: much I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here first of all and um uh, I think I think we are already it's just that all the things we were talking about I, when know. I was trying
3: I was trying not to talk to you <laughs> because I, I I feel like we're gonna have to say the same thing over again so but, but I just there's so
0: much to still say so I agree I totally
3: agree I totally Gabe I mean that's that's
2: an interesting one how do you tell a comedian that he's gonna run out of the worst
0: there's no <laughs> <laughs> way that is about ever
2: gonna go broke <laughs> he'll Go broke. it's go true, broke. It's true. But, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the non Nigerian here. Um, I'm Ghanaian, but we're all the same people. You know, we, yeah. West Africa is.
0: Except, uh, except when we're fighting about your love rights. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's love wars. <laughs> or football wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Ghana and Nigeria, we've always had that, you know, uh, healthy rivalry. You know, I know some people take it extreme, you know, they take it too serious. But I think majority of us understand that it's, it's just a way of, you know, bantering each other. And, uh, we, we have so much in common. Yeah. That if you if if you are in any of these countries and you close your eyes, you probably wouldn't realize where you are. Absolutely, you you know. Yeah. Um. This this is this is very important conversation for me. Uh, in a sense that I want to know a lot about how you're able to sustain years, you know, decades of doing this up to this stage. That's one. But also, secondly, you know, when when we look at comedy, um, where 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 it is now, we have a lot of people on on social media uh who are doing the skits and they're making a lot of money off it. Sure. You know. Uh, my my question is, you know, let let me start with the pettiness first. <laughs> do you get jealous? Oh, no, that, no, no, that no, no. Maybe jealous might be a, such a strong word. But do, do you do you look at it now and say how I wish this was my time?
0: No, no, I don't. I don't I don't I don't do it. Actually help to provide a lot more exposure to the people who are there right now. Uh I, I in the last three months I probably have given a lot more skit makers ideas for skits than I have done giving jokes to stand-up comedians. Wow. So I'll call up somebody and say, oh, I think a skit like this will work. I think a skit like this will work. I think another skit like this will work. There's no way any basketballer now is going to be greater than Mike Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan.
3: Ooh, now you're opening up a kind of work.
0: That's a kind okay, no, of so words. Steve Curry, Kobe, Kobe, and all LeBron. of them. You know, but let me, let me say, let me say this, you know, um, you can make a new car right now. You can make new tires. I'm listening, but the first person that made those tires Still has
3: a special place, a
0: special place because you are building all your talent based of on that, what the yes. person did. Uh, that I agree. Okay. So if we're still saying, Oh, the, the new mobile phone now, it's, it's the best mobile phone. The person that created a telephone still gets a place. Yes. In the record books. I agree. So, um, no matter what a pastor becomes right now, he's not going to be bigger than Jesus Christ. Okay.
3: I, no, <laughs> no, no, I agree. Okay. I agree. So,
0: uh, uh, no matter what the president or any of them becomes, they will not be bigger than a an Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. They will not be bigger than a George Washington. They will be they will not be bigger than... So what I'm trying to say is that there's a time and place for foundations. There's a time and place for repainting the building. Yes. Mm-hmm i agree
2: but we've got to also say you know congratulations on your o2 um oh thank you show as well let let me
0: let me say the the o2 event we did not get the number of people that were expected to come to the place but the performance was top-notch you know so i i I need to say that uh, we had um logistic problems and uh promotional problems and those will be corrected later but the show will still be done like it has to be done. It, it has to still be an A class performance. All right. So it's great performance. Uh, all the guys that came out were smoking. They were not, not weed, but those, <laughs> <laughs> their
1: performance was, was very good.
0: So for me, it is also good to have platforms like that for a lot of them to be introduced to bigger markets. Mm. And, and I see mm. that all the time. Um, it, it doesn't matter whether you have been in the business for a long time or not, performance is dynamic. If you're yeah. still not connecting with the people who are listening to you now, nobody will come and listen to an old joke. You need to talk about the things that are happening right now to yeah. connect with the new market. Yeah, It's just like nobody will come out now and bring a rotary phone No, and say, because you are from old school, let everybody use a rotary phone no mm. just as you can't make a car now and say to bring your windows down you have to wind it mm. you know you well, that's that
2: would be time. some good exercise for people <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie you know you know, <laughs> you know you know
0: you know back in the days if you have a car that has the winding you know you you're a big boy <laughs> you're a big boy because Trust then me. they used to make cars that Window is just stiff, and when you are trying to wind it, you exercise. <laughs> you have going, to pull up, <laughs> and then you get it up to a point, and you are like, "I'll just leave it here." <laughs> you know. So we have to be dynamic in mm. entertainment. In anyway, like now, even in the Bible, you don't go to churches now, and somebody brings stone tablets to say this is the Ten Commandments. No, but the Ten Commandments were given on a tablet. But right now you don't have it on a tablet and a phone. So progress is, is something that you cannot wish away. It has to happen. You know, um, the fact that people used to come to, from Africa to London and spend a month on a ship. Yes. Now you don't have to spend a month on a ship. Six hours you're here. Yeah. So you have to move with times, but in moving with times, you have to have what is needed to move with time. So, whether I'm um, a 30-year-old comedian who's done 30, 35 years, it still doesn't matter because the currency is laughter. Yes. Nobody's going to laugh just because you have been there for 37 years. They would laugh because what you're saying is funny. Mm. So, it is the currency that you spend.
3: Yes. So, to, let's talk about the comedy because, you know, depending on what part of the world you are, it's... Comedy and humor varies from person to person. I think that English humor might not land well in, uh, in, in a Nigerian environment and vice versa. Sure. So how do you kind of, you know, how do you know when your audience is cerebral? How do you know what sort of comedy to kind of tell in that sort of audience? Is there, is there an art to it or do you just?
0: Okay. So, so there's something called audience analysis when you're performing right so your audience analysis is that you first would ask whoever invited you to the event who are the kind of people i'm performing to are the medical doctors okay are the lawyers that you then use that to get gauge their intellectual level right you then also ask what's the age group right of this because the demography also has to relate to what you're saying sometimes if i'm if i'm telling a joke and i mention something like Hugh Grant. Some of them will be like, Hugh Grant. Who's that? <laughs> I'll now have to explain. Yeah. So to cut out that explanation, you need to know who you're speaking with. Yeah. If um, if I'm telling somebody a joke and I say something like, oh, some mothers do have them. Okay. I must be talking to people who, of that age. who can relate to it. So the relatability of the joke is dependent on the kind of audience that you have. And then the audience you're performing to too, has to be a great influence in the kind of jokes you're telling because do they understand English? If there are some who are not totally speaking English, there's no way you can cut across Mm. because the first thing is when you lay your punchline after you've set up the joke, if it takes somebody two, three more minutes to get the joke, then you've lost it. (laughs) So you have to you have to take the audience into cognizance. But you see most times um the error comes from people who think because I am funny in Cairo <laughs> I should be funny Not anywhere. In, I should be funny in uh, Istanbul. You know? Um don't forget that the element to make a joke work Differ from place to place. It's true. Uh, you can go tell a joke in Ireland and it will click. But if you tell that same joke in America, it will not because the Irish joke, some people don't get it. Yeah. The Indian joke may work well with Indians, but when you tell it here, they're like, no, because they have different orientation and the orientation, because the understanding of a joke is based on your experience. Yeah. And what yeah. you know. Yeah. And then um what you can relate to. Mm. If I'm telling a joke to anybody now and I say, Oh, the guy came to a wedding in a kakena pep, everybody will be like, What a Kekena pep? Yeah. But it's a tricycle. Mm. So if 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 you if you if you're telling a joke about uh a mole, which is like one vehicle that used to be a, a bus that used to be the major means of transportation in Nigeria, Nigeria back yeah. then, the young generation that you are talking to now will not know what a moldware is. They can't relate. They can't relate. But if you then start talking about uh, BRT... Oh, yeah. They can relate. They they will relate with it because they now know what... But if you're still talking about double-decker buses, the one that is in Nigeria that doesn't know what a double-decker bus is, which is in London, yes. will not be able to relate. Yeah. So there's this joke about uh, a guy who came in here for the first time, a Hausa man, somebody in Nigeria, who came in and entered the bus. And when he entered the bus, he saw that the bus was full and stepped out. And so the guy said, no, go into the bus. He said, no, that the bus is full. He said, no, but there's this, this room upstairs. You can go upstairs. And so he went up and then came down again. And the guy was like, so why did you come down again? He said, oh, no, that there's no driver there. <laughs> now... <laughs> Now, if I'm telling that joke in Nigeria and the person has not seen a double-decker bus before, mm. they will not get it. Yeah. yeah, true. But because you are here and know that the driver is always down, mm. whether it's three-level buses or, or, or the coaches or something, it doesn't matter. Mm. So that's that's what it means to make sure that you understand your. So audience analysis is very important yeah. in anything you do uh, as a comedian. You're performing. And then the other thing that is very key in understanding the audience is that when you're performing, look for the people who are enjoying you most and perform to them. That's like DJ. Uh,
2: that's exactly what I that was going to say. Like DJ. That's, that's
0: like <laughs> Look for those people that are enjoying you the most. Perform to them. Because if you're playing for the guy that is not finding you funny you would work very hard because you do not know the state of mind the guy had come there with the probably the guy is there and his car has been stolen yes and you're playing all kinds of music or telling all kinds of jokes and the guy is just like just finish and let me get out of
3: here oh gosh i i remember (laughs) once i remember one story and i i want to i want to check i'm i'm slowly going off topic here but because of what you just said i remember there was a time where Burner Boy was performing. I don't know if you remember this story. And there was one particular guy.
0: Yes, I remember. He focused. And he said, Take your money and get out. (laughs) (laughs) What what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so my my thoughts with that is that Burner did not know why the guy was not having fun. And.
3: But that thing can kill your spirit, as you know. know.
0: But you know, they even did song about it Bad Energy.
3: Yes, now. Bad bad Energy. energy, Stay far far away. away.
0: And then there's another one that said, uh, I need good energy, mm. I don't want bad energy. So you you always you vibe your 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 energy response to the vibe that you are getting. Mm. So if a DJ is playing in the hall and you get some people that are going, Oh, you give them another song that will make them continue going, Oh yes now. But if you turn and look at another guy that is just going, you want to bring the tempo down to the guy's <laughs> level. No. It's true. So it's like the audience actually determines the kind of jokes that you tell mm. and the kind of performance you put up. More so, the event would also determine the kind of jokes that you tell too.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, if you go to a funeral ceremony and, like, um, and the jokes you tell would not bring out the... The modity, hmm. the morbid situation. So you're not going to dwell on it and make people feel so sad about it. You're just going to be talking about life, talking about how we are going to live well. Hmm. We're going to be very happy, you know. And and talk about the happy times that this person that was celebrating here or you know had. You would not come in there and then make everybody feel so bad. Yeah.
3: I think it 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 leads me to all nicely to the next question I've always wanted to ask: Is there a line that one shouldn't cross when it's when it comes to humor? Because you know some some humors some people classify it as very distasteful, while some people say oh, you shouldn't have you know. When people say it's all comedy, comedy is comedy because when something is said in jest,
1: you have okay. You mean that like creative... the Will Smith, Chris Rock's? That. <laughs> okay. that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a that's that's a very
3: very good example, yeah. and,
1: and and I will get to that. But let me
0: just say that there's a thin line between being funny and being offensive. Right. The very thin line. It takes uh, experience and uh, great uh, professionalism to work it uh, nicely. Uh, what happens most times is um, some people throw caution to the wind mm. and say anything that they want to say. But beyond that, one also then believes that there is no, there's nothing that you cannot creatively address nothing that you cannot creatively address what happens is that some people's sentiments can get triggered but the level that the sentiments get triggered to is determined by how mature whoever is listening to you is mm. so sentiments then come in when somebody feels offended and so why does the person feel offended because everybody is laughing at me
3: not laughing with you
0: but you see, I've told jokes and people are laughing and then you turn and see one guy that is not laughing. Then you tell another joke about other people, then he's laughing. Yeah. And then you tell joke about uh, another joke about another person and he laughs again. Then you come and tell a joke about him and he's offended. <laughs> you know? So, uh, there was a show that I did one time and as I was performing I'd done everything to make sure this guy laughs and he did not. I ignored him and continued performing. And then I did one joke and I caught him laughing. So I came back to him and I said, oh, now that I've done this joke about this, now you are laughing. <laughs> you know? So, so what happens most times is that we, we try to... we try to uh, censor the jokes when it affects us. But when mm. it doesn't, we then take offense. Mm. Let, me, let me give you an example. A writer... Can do a joke about an albino and do a joke about uh, a fat person I I mean do a story about a fat person and do a movie about a fat person and everybody will accept it but when a comedian tells a joke about a fat person they'll get offended but somebody did a full length movie about that person Um, a comedian can do a joke about rape and you're like no, but somebody does a movie mm. about rape. Yeah, I'm coming. And then it does a movie about rape, because people feel like if you are laughing at somebody, it is not presenting it for entertainment. Interesting. Let me. It's like um. Let's say somebody does a joke. Okay, let's use Chris. Chris Rock and Will Smith. Don't forget that Will Smith has also done jokes before. About people. About people who have physical disabilities. But when he did the joke about those people who have physical disabilities, he didn't see anything wrong in it. In fact, on the day that Chris Rock did this joke, he found it funny initially. He laughed. Oh, yeah. I think and he's then, only turned around and then he turned around and saw this thing. But you know, he's been on the verge of having issues with his wife who feels like, you never always defend me. And then when he turned and saw her, he flipped.
3: Yeah. So it wasn't
0: that he didn't find it funny. He found it funny, but he was just trying to be... He was trying to be... He was trying to just patronize... Yeah. Jada.
3: Which, which, which leads me on to the other next question about relationships, you know, because, you know, how, how much, you know, in terms of your relationship, you know, with, with your spouse, if, like, for instance, the Jada Smith, ins, I mean, yeah. Jada, you know, w- where she was unhappy and he had to step in, you know, did he do the right thing? You know, should he have kind of, or should she has also step, stepped in when he realized that this was getting out of hand?
0: This has happened in the Bible before. right? When Herod said anything that you want I'll give to you. Because the girl danced well. And he said, okay, what do you want? I want the head of Joseph. Wow. Joseph didn't do anything that deserved the king to be beheaded. To be beheaded. But he beheaded Chris Rock. Hmm. Because he just wanted to please somebody. The gravity, going up on stage to slap Chris is like taking off the head of John the Baptist because that did not deserve that. The response to that kind of thing wasn't. Let me tell you, if Chris, if Will Smith didn't go up to slap Chris Rock and social media went on and said, oh, it was body shaming, Chris Rock would have had a worse off
2: yeah that's true that's uh, true Reaction.
0: worse backlash mm. then what happened
3: I want to ask you a personal question if yeah. that was you what would you have done in that situation I'm, And when you were clear, when you clearly saw that your missus was unhappy but,
0: but you know the thing is that if it were me on the side of Chris Rock Will Smith would not have stepped on stage
3: what if you were will smith
0: but if i was will smith i wouldn't have gone up on stage
3: even though you you could clearly see your missus was unhappy yes i
0: would have said we'll deal with this later because right. i also know that i've picked on many people right i've sat at an event before Bobby, <laughs> Bobby will pick on me yeah basket will pick on me and every other there was a time with they said oh we want to do a roast in nigeria And they Mm. said who has the thickest skin to take a roast they said let it be Bros." and so wow i I will stay and uh, because i know that beyond all of that is just to elicit humor
3: yeah
0: it's not like chris rock hated jada you understand he Mm. didn't hate jada he didn't hate chris he didn't hate uh, will smith they
3: were friends so is there such thing as the timing as well? Sorry, T. I
1: think I think, to be honest, because he has a relationship with them, I think that's why he felt he could do it. Because sometimes you get comedians, because they have relationships with people, they feel that they can, but it's knowing who, when they're gonna get offended. I remember there was there was this backlash online when Funny Bone did that joke about Daddy Shoki and everyone was begging Daddy Shoki, please, you know, like you know what that was kind the of joke. Thing. I, I
3: missed that one. What was that?
1: No, that about? was online. It was there was a show, and I think Funny Bone just cracked a joke and it was to do yeah, somebody. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, it was all over social media. People were begging Daddy Shoki basically really? because Daddy Shoki responded with a video. Yeah. Because the thing is that first of all,
0: Daddy Shoki and Funnybone were not pallies. Right. If that same thing were said by uh Rugged Man, somebody who's ch-
3: Quite friendly. Me, me, we, yes.
0: we, chummy, chummy with uh, Daddy Shoki would have been okay. For instance, I do jokes about most presidents in Nigeria, especially Olbasanja. I tell a joke about him, and everybody would laugh. And then one comedian went to an event once, and repeated one of those jokes along those lines. And Olbasanja told him, "No, you can't. You can't do that. I'm not your friend. I don't. I, I'm not. We are not on that level." Wow. It, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, Chris Tucker can pick on Michael Jackson. Yes. Because they were Pallies. You know? Um, Steve Harvey. Yeah. Will pick on Michael Jackson. Because they are mm. when When he said Michael Jackson had giraffes. Right. And he said, do you know the kind of money you would have to have a giraffe? Hmm. That there's some of you here who have money, you don't even know where to get a giraffe. But Michael Jackson has giraffes. Wow. But you see, you can't even just get a giraffe. You must have a place that you keep a giraffe. Mm. Not in your studio apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so the kind of so he's trying to talk about the kind of money Michael Jackson has. Yeah. And then he tapered off and said, hey, You also have to have that kind of money to know where to get a new nose. <laughs> <laughs> you know and Michael Michael was in the audience and and laughing and covering his nose like this he said did he fall off wow and Michael Michael just cracked up and continued laughing but you see there are some people who are not your friends that you tell that and they feel like you're demarketing them you know, that's how it is. So, oh, so you have to have a relationship with some people to tell certain I, I
3: think, yeah, I think that's the crucial lesson, isn't it?
0: Like uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was chummy, chummy and close to most of all of them. Like when he did uh, Beverly Hill Cops and somebody, the, his partner was running with a gun and he said, where did you get that gun from? Clint Eastwood? <laughs> because he and Clint Eastwood were friends. So it's okay to tell some of all those kind of jokes. But if you're not a friend of those kind of people, avoid it.
3: Yeah.
2: But even goes with like if normal relationships, you know relationships, it's At not home, exactly. it's not every conversation you can have with somebody you just met or you mm. you know. But certain people that you have that level of relationship where you can say whatever and they're not gonna they're not gonna.
0: Be you're, you're laughing with, with your friend and you're talking and the guy says, "Man, let's go and get something to eat." And you say, "You're crazy." But you see, if you're not His friend, maybe you're with your boss in the office, and he says, "Let's go and get something to." You You can't turn to your boss and say, "At this time, you're crazy."
3: Mm.
0: Maybe you have another job.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, sorry.
0: No,
2: you you make your point because I was going. I was going. I was going to ask another
3: another question that's Mm. not related, but I will let you finish.
2: Now I'm I'm keen to to see how all this started because, you know, you're very detailed. The breakdown you've given about analysis, you know, that's something that you don't, you don't get to you don't get to hear, you know, unless, you know, you're in the field, you're, you're coming in. But when you started, I mean, I know it was uh, many years ago, if we roll the, the clock back a bit, um, how did you get into this in the first
0: place? By accident. Because
2: <laughs> yeah. I
3: know you wanted to study law and yes. then you just found uh, my, your my way. My dad
0: wanted me, you know, most parents back home always wanted us to read any of the four big subjects You be an accountant be an engineer be a doctor be a lawyer you have to be one yeah. of those yeah you know um and my dad wanted me to read law and when i got into the university i had other ideas i wanted to be a broadcaster so i wanted to do uh, creative arts and literature and my dad was like, no, you must read law. I'm sure he had a lot of family cases that he wanted me to handle. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so I I got into school and I always was a professional heckler. And as a professional heckler, you see them in schools. We're always in the noisy corner. If yeah. an event is going on, we're the ones that are shouting the most. Get out there! No, that's not funny. That's not good. I'm singing another song. Who's this? perform their hit song and get out of there you know oh yes yeah that's good oh that's a good girl look at her you yeah. know. we are that kind of people so i think a lot of people then notice that i used to come up with the the best heckles if a girl is dancing i say why well, why don't she look like momo <laughs> <laughs> you know used to cow cow hide you know why why don't she and then There was one time they brought a show to school and the show was packed and it was a striptease. It was a striptease. Now, this was in
3: 1987. I was (laughs) going to say. We
0: had not... In fact, I could speak for merely 80% of the guys in school then, except for the ones that had traveled out. And even those who had traveled out were still young boys and not allowed into striptease clubs.
3: That's unheard of in Nigeria.
0: So... At that time, it was a novel idea, strange, but yeah. it was adventurous for us. For us to oh, come on, ah, striptease. And so we're asking, and this was when Makosa music was reigning in Nigeria Makosa, Mapoka, you know. And you know, the Mapoka is the high level Makosa mm. where all things are revealed. For, <laughs> and And this show was so packed that people did not even want to see anybody perform charlie boy came on they said no before charlie boy bring the striptease girl <laughs> and so she came on and i i still can see her vividly she was a size 20 she had a 38 D. oh she she was on the She had everything.
3: On the plus side.
0: On the plus side. She was was endowed behind. She was endowed in front. And she was a pretty girl.
3: Not Nigerian though, was she? No. I
0: think she was Ivorian. Yeah. And so, and she had a bit of like Fulani in her. So she was kind of like light-skinned. Yeah. And she came on. She was dressed in a sketch suit. She came on stage. And people were like, they thought, you know, they thought striptease she was just walking naked. (laughs) And so... (laughs) But we were in a hurry we wanted to get to the meat no, no <laughs> and so she came on i was dancing and they were playing stevie wonder's song isn't she lovely isn't she wonderful and she came on you know slow music and then walking and striding up on the stage back and forth and then she took out her jacket the sketch suit, took off the suit and we're like hurry up. (laughs) And then she took the skirt off and she was wearing something. I don't know whether they still call it something, call it that a petticoat Mm -hmm. that comes all the way from the top to your knees. So she was wearing that and then she was still dancing and then she removed the petticoat and she had this, you know, G-string had not come at that time. So she had these bloomers and then some corsets and she was still moving. Everybody was like, our students rushed on stage. Wow. She was scared for her life and she ran off the stage. But you know, out of excitement, juvenile delinquency, you know, students, they started begging. I don't know who will scatter this place. She has to come back. And because i had been heckling and it was my mainstay in school, so the organizers <laughs> of the show came and said, is it possible for you to help us pacify the audience? <laughs>
3: So, you were known for heckling. Yes,
0: because when we were watching a movie, I would make snide remarks and funny comments. So, they said, okay, can you help us pacify? So, I came up. Now, let me tell you something about that show. Our student affairs officers hardly come for shows. A lot of the lecturers hardly come for shows. On that day, the deputy vice-chancellor was there. Oh, wow. The student affairs officer was there. A lot of all the lecturers were there. And I'm sure it was the striptease that brought them as well. Because a lot of them, for their whole life, had not seen one. Yeah.
3: 1987, yeah. 1987, all of us, we have not seen it.
0: We only see it in movies. Yo, yeah. you know, so you're watching a movie and then somebody goes to a strip club and then you are watching it in a movie. But yeah. this one, we're going to see it live. Live. And so we're all very eager to have the, this matter resolved. So I went on stage and I started picking on all the lecturers. So I said, You, you have four unit are here. Is this part of your lectures? Look at it, This one. This lecturer likes women. This one. And then I picked on another one. I picked on. And some female lecturers also came. And I said, uh, Madam, you see what this lady is wearing? This is how all our lecturers should look. So that when you turn and you are teaching us, we'll know that we're watching other things. So. <laughs> And
3: but that was a very brave move. Oh know? yes,
0: so I was an a great student. They're not going to. So make you me could fail. you could get away yeah, with the notes
3: once <laughs> you know your books in Nigeria. You get away with the So
0: nuts. it's not like uh, you are going to fail me because I, if you fail me, they will ask, "How come? Where is the question paper?" Mm. So anyway, so I I went backstage and I saw the girl. I said, she said she had her English were not very her English was not very clear yeah so her French was better than her, her English. English so she was speaking French I had an interpreter who talked to me and said she's scared and she thought they were going to rape her or cause some major damage yeah. or something so I said okay you know what I'll pacify the audience and ha- have her come back on stage so I did all of that and then she came back when she came on stage and she took off the bra, she was back in the audience and took off the bra and was swinging the bra like this. And you could hear a pin drop. Wow. Because they were now waiting. And I said, until she removes the last dressing, anybody that comes, I'm taking her off the stage. And so they were all quiet. And so she was swinging it. And then she threw it into the audience. Students dived. <laughs> like, like they were catching a Grammy Award or something. And then she then removed. Now she's still back in the audience. Right. Then she removed her on this. When she removed it and people saw and she was light-skinned. Hmm. Her. And then she turned around and they saw that she was really well-endowed. Students went gaga. Wow! And then she left the stage. the The MCs that they got before could not come back on stage. I said they were scared, <laughs> and told me to continue. And that is how I go. So I say I owe my break into this business mm-hmm. to a striptease.
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> which is so? Have you ever been an MC for a striptease ever since then? No, 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 no,
0: no, no. no. But, but that is the only time I've been to a striptease club. It's Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. The only time, I, and I think it was for a purpose. I and mean, you know, they say a lot of things are just destined to happen. Mm. So if that had not happened, maybe my career in um,
3: would you have been a lawyer?
0: I, I would have been a lawyer and it would have been legally wrong <laughs> <laughs> because i'll tell you something many more years later i went to la and one of my friends said oh come let's go there's this strip there's this strip club that is down the street and i said i've never been in a strip club and i'll never be and he was like come let's go you're not they're not going to rape you and i was like no That I don't, I don't think it is the best way to appreciate women.
3: Yeah, it's a very American thing, though. Yes, I said, I don't
0: think it's the best. And they said, okay, stay there. And so they were going to change some dollars Mm. because they had to change dollars into the one dollar notes so they can yeah
3: put make it rain.
0: They can put on the body of the, and so they were asking one of the guys. The guy said, no, when we get there, the club. Yeah, they have a section. Yeah, yeah. the section. We just give them. Uh, and they just money to them. You transfer money to them and they'll give you the pack. And so the guy said, you know what? We'll go, come back and give you your pack. And so they went and brought my pack, uh, $50, $50, you know, and said, that's your pack. So let's go. I said, give me my pack, but I'm still not going. So they gave me my pack and they went. And they came back in the morning and started regaling me with stories of... <laughs> They were Mexicans. They were
3: were all loaded. Mm.
0: And then they went, oh, the slim one had a back like Cadillac. And I'm like, if I had not seen that one in 1987, maybe I would have gone. Mm. But I went, I went to that one in school and I, I particularly didn't think it was
3: what guys go there to see it's not i i've never really personally understood it myself but i feel like it's in america people it's go the there for lunchtime. They're actually the doing their lunch break they literally go to a strip club yeah and so I, for... i've never really really understood but, that because personally for me, why, why why
0: would i why would i go to a place where i cannot even benefit from <laughs> <laughs> it's like window shopping <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can buy I, I, if you I want I think I'm with you on that <laughs> one. Yes, it's window shopping. I'm, I'm with you on that one, and I, I think. And then I that... then pay for window shopping, and I still don't get value. You can,
2: you can, you can, you can buy though, <laughs> in quotes. But,
0: oh, oh, you be, can. Be, yeah, you can. Okay. I'll be, I'll be I think t- you know
2: more than we do. I've been, i to New York. I'm, I'm personally not, not really. Have king you been to one? Yeah, I've, I've, I've DJed in, in strip club. Okay. Yeah, um, that's that's work. Yeah, that's that's work. Yeah, but I'm particularly not, not impressed with that. To be honest, I'm a lot of really, women are yeah. I'm not
0: impressed. You see, she's she's not saying anything. No, no,
2: but women actually go there. T, have you been to a strip? Oh party?
0: yes, I heard that. But so women go there so and why actually is, spend
2: money. Where I used to DJ, this this was in Soho. Um it was it was a uh, t- Tuesdays was a uh, like ladies main, mainly for ladies and then they have the male strippers coming. Okay. You know, so mine was the opposite
3: one. Okay, no one done. <laughs> it, it wouldn't know. have been fun for I you. Know. Know. <laughs> Accept my sympathies. And you know, the
2: DJ booth was on there. Was, was on Yeah, it was on, so you're looking down on top, top of the these. stage. So I see everything, you know. Oh my goodness. And the women, you know, they're giggling. So they do, mostly when they have like, um uh, hen nights and stuff, or birthdays, people book like a group. So they come in. the the, the 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 room is full yeah (laughs) (laughs) you let me start beating no I got it (laughs) they they rise rise to the occasion no 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 no. once they have more than two eyes it's a downer for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah Well, that's their job. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well,
0: oh, I'm not that's... getting any job. Like, <laughs> oh wow! You
2: know? one, yeah. uh, one of the guys later on, I saw. I even saw him on a TV show, and I'm like, "Oh, I remember this guy's face." <laughs> you know? Wow! I remember this guy's face. Wow! But seriously, it's, it's so well patronized on a Tuesday working day. You know, next day working. No, day, no, no. But it's so patronized. You, you're unbelievable. Yeah. And it's mainly women. You know, like about ninety-five percent women. The five percent will be the the strippers and other people working there, but mostly women in there. So the women
0: you know. go there to to. Oh, they talk, they get right? dance. Yeah,
2: they touch. They they have the dance. They have the the, the, the cover with the towel and the you know you can, have yeah full oh works gosh. yeah you know. So I, I'm I'm saying like in New York for instance they have like twenty four hour strip clubs. Last game said people people go in there lunchtime. One of my friends, you know, so he took me to this, this place and.
0: Okay, you share the address later. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're in there, you, you think it's, it's nighttime, you know, because It's very dark. Yeah, the dark. Yeah. yeah, you don't see any daylight. So it doesn't matter whether you're in there 10 PM or 7 AM, <sighs> you know. And pe- people are in there with their suits on and stuff. You know, they come in for lunch. <laughs> oh like,
3: go to, I've never understood that to...
2: culture. No, nah, no, nah, it's not. It's not for me. Yeah, it's not You know, you know. But but yeah.
3: to,
0: to be honest, there's certain cultures that we are not used to as Africans. First of all, uh, the only times we came into this place naked was when they brought us as slaves. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <Yes. laughs> you know, uh, as soon as we started getting clothed, we we never want to expose our bodies again. Okay? Mm. But. Um, I will say though that entertainment takes a lot of forms, and uh, what pleases some people don't please others. Yeah. Um. I was uh I was talking to someone the other day, and the person said, "There's this lady that she has the best cleavage he had ever seen," and so somewhere in my head I was like, "Oh, I'd like to meet her," <laughs> you know. And then the day I now saw her, and I now said wearing a turtleneck he <laughs> said oh she always wears a turtleneck i said so where did you see the <laughs> Village. the <laughs> he said oh there was a swimming pool party that she attended and everybody there was like is this what you've been hiding and she's like it's not for public consumption <laughs> is it true he said he took all the pictures he could take that day because he knows he would never, never. get to see it again mm. so for some people i think what is good for for some people is not the same for some others. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that uh, uh, we, we differ there. Yes, mm-hmm. we differ there. Yeah. But, and yeah. so that was why. So we just we just went uh, we just had to discuss that. But it's it's oof, no. But what has been
3: like kept you? relevant I'm, I'm not I sure it if, if... I was, I was, <laughs> you know what you you read Beals. my you read you read my mind teddy because i was yeah. going to ask the very similar question because mm. i've i've met some really great legendary nigerians you know like you we were talking about jimmy jat earlier yeah. you cool know. day, day jimmy i mean Jack. i've i've met i've met two faces well I'm, I'm meeting you for the first time and what the thing i've the thing that the the sort of common trend and the common pattern that i see that is emerging in all of these is the humility the relatability the fact that you guys can actually be on a level you understand with people i i find that very amazing because you know compared to some of the new breed of you know is it is it something you learn with the job or how do you kind of my question is how do you kind of know that this is this is an important place to be at you need to be humble but also be relatable as well
0: okay Uh, on behalf of the people you mentioned uh i would like to say that uh, i i found out very early like some of them did too that humility was cheaper Mm. pride and arrogance is expensive you can get a lot of things done for you as goodwill when you're humble but when you're proud people make you pay for it right and the thing is that um, you can get to an airport and like four or five people come to you and say, oh, let's take a picture, let's take a picture. When you are arrogant, people avoid you.
3: But does that news spread very quickly? Because someone has yeah. just met oh, yes. you for oh, the yes. first...
0: That's what I'm saying. Okay. The news then spreads. I don't mind him. He's very arrogant. Oh, she's very arrogant. Oh, she's full of herself. Hmm. Then if you're the type that that mixes up and relates with people every time you walk into a place there's seven eight nine ten people that always come to take pictures with you or even just want to open up with you and talk with you some people jump into my dms and send messages to me and i respond to them personally and they're like oh wow i didn't know (laughs) you could respond to me personally And you're like, oh, because some other celebrities would rather have a manager talk to every other person. Some people call my number, and I'll pick the call and say... And the first thing I'll say is, hello, Alibaba here, who's this? And they're like, oh, wow. Because they're used to calling a number, and the person picks and says, yes? It's okay, hold on, let me get him. Or you call and they say, yes, what is it you want to talk about? You know, you... I, I, I see two guys that inspire me in this line, Samuel L. Jackson and yeah. Denzel. Right. Samuel L. Jackson will wear his Kangol cap and walk through the streets, sit down on the ground with somebody who is uh, homeless and gist with the person, share, uh, sometimes he goes to get coffee, gets to, comes back and gives them him and says, why are you still here? And the guy is like, oh, okay, I got money. He said, I gave you money the other day. He said, I I blew it. And he said, okay, man, chill. I got a movie to shoot. And he will walk off. And people see him every time on the street. They greet him. They take pictures with him. They see him coming to the store. He buys something. They relate with him. He doesn't go about with bodyguards. Awesome. That's Samuel L. Jackson. Same thing with uh, Denzel. The first time I met Denzel was in Chicago. So I got into this, you know, these old lifts that you open the door first. Oh yeah, a bit
3: like the one downstairs. <laughs> uh, no, no, but this
0: one is industrial. Because it's it's wide. No no, it's not it's not that wide. This one was like very small, oh, very small, okay. Chicago. And it was a forty-two floor hotel. Mm. So I got in like on the twenty-third floor because the executive floor was like uh, the fortieth floor. So okay. You, so you have to go up there to go and. E.T. your free lunch and all of it. Yeah. So, I got into the lift on the 23rd floor. Which was my floor. And I looked at this guy. He looked like Denzel. And there was a PA who had files and other things. He was wearing a, uh, a grey double-breasted suit with a bowler hat. And he was leaning to the side of the lift like this. I got in. Never been that star so I turned to the aide or the assistant that was with him and I whispered like, Denzel. He was leaning to the, to the side of the lift and he said, yeah, sure, it's me.
3: So Denzel heard you then say they said heard that. Denzel heard me
0: and said, yes, it's me. I said, "Good evening, sir? I am, uh, he said, what well, happened, sir? That he's had like a two-day shoot and uh, they're leaving next day and so he just came to the hotel to just rest for a bit I said, and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't, I, I, don't know what to say. But they say, well, it's okay. I said I'm a comedian. He said, oh, beautiful, beautiful. That's 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 good. And it's hard. I said, yes. And then I came off on the 40 fl- 40th floor, and he went up further. I stood in front of the lift after he left. after he left, and I said. Why didn't i take a picture <laughs> i said who will i tell that i met denzel and i didn't take a picture and he said he was leaving the next day i woke up at about 7 a.m oh i came down and it was cold came down and i was with the butler I was like, the guy was like well i said i'm here to see denzel oh he's my guy i was like, brought his own picture and nearly <laughs> flung the phone
3: <laughs> Showing sure said, said, off, say, see, that's that's
0: him when he came in about two weeks ago. That's him, and this is his PA. I called the PA's name, and I got his number too. Are you real? <laughs> so, I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, you see, that kind of accessibility doesn't come from people who are arrogant. Yes, this is a butler took a picture with you, got his number, and knows the name of the assistant, and is showing it off. But you see, there are people who even if you see them at an airport, you only tell somebody, oh, I saw... <laughs> <laughs> I saw that guy. <laughs> and he was like, oh, did you take a picture? I, said, I didn't go oh, near him. Yeah, his nose was in the air like this, or so she's walking like he, she has never farted before <laughs> in her life. And, he, and and he's walking with about like 12 or 13 people. mm." All moving because even some political office holders don't walk like that. So, that's that, for me, I think that uh, humility is. Really- yeah.
3: I mean, the reason why I asked that question, because I think it's important that we need to kind of shine the light, because, you know, Teddy rightly asked that you've been around for a long time. These people I also mentioned have been around for a long time. And it's that staying power. We need to understand the staying power. Right? Whilst, whilst you're Obviously, your talent is one of the staying powers. It's also important to be able to highlight some of these things as well because I know a lot of stars. And Nigeria has given birth to a lot of mega stars, you know. And there's some key things and there's some key ingredients there.
0: I, I, let, let me mention one thing. The staying power is there. But if you notice, the people you've mentioned, DJ Jimmy Jacks, Two-Face, DBR. These guys have lived a lot of stars.
3: Oh, absolutely.
0: You find that when Two-Face was singing, when he started singing, there were some stars that came along with him. they are no more in the, in the forefront. But Two-Face is still there. Jimmy Jack is still there. So what is the staying power? The staying power is humility and understanding the fact that you are not bigger than any other person else. You are just in a space at the time that you are there to contribute your best. If your best then influences others to be better, fine and good. Mm. You don't come in in that space and believe you are the God and you are the last person. Let me tell you, there was a time there was a song, Yahoo.
3: Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Yahoo. You know what? It nearly know? came out Oh, my mouth. God. <laughs> yes, you know okay. what? Uh, wait, wait, wait. You know, okay, so carry, now, on, carry on, carry on. on. So,
0: so I met a guy once and said, "Oh, that he was supposed to do a song with this Yahoo guy." And the person is one of the big threes now. Don't have time for collabs. I said, oh, "Let's just do this, this song." That was uh, he spoke with uh, his guy, and the guy said that he would talk to him. And the guy has called him and said, "Okay, maybe he he will get around it." And so one day. He runs into him and and Banky says, Oh, my guy said he's been trying to reach you. I say, Oh, yes, I, I, I I'll call him later. But you see, flip to now. It's the guy still as popular as this guy that wanted to do a duet with him at the time. You know, so, so somehow it is that some people even still forget that the Corridors, you did not take at the time because it was the high road and you shouldn't take them because it just puts some pride on your shoulders. When you then become a star, you forget. And still go on the side. Um, What's her name? Uh, Tenny. Yeah. Ran into uh, David Doe on the street and said, we must do this song together. And they went and did it. And from what I hear, Davido does songs and doesn't get paid.
3: Not a single penny. Doesn't I know that paid. for a fact.
0: So you, you say, oh, you have a song. He said, bring the song. He'll listen to it. Once he'll he's say, feeling let's it. Do it. Let's yes. it, let's do it. And he'll do it and they doesn't get paid. Yep. But some that are not even as big as Davido will tell you, oh, to do a duet is... Um,
3: now it's dollars. Oh.
0: Yeah. Uh, give me $5,000. Uh, dollars. Yes. $5,000. Give me, yes, $5, me $10,000. And I'm not shooting a music video. If I'm shooting a music video another 10
1: yeah all right well and I, know, then... I know someone that charged 50 about <laughs> fifty thousand dollars to serious? do a collab and mm. now after the career of
0: such person goes down the person you charge that amount from then gets bigger how do you face the guy to say can we do one song again together you know, these this these things are not that... And for people like us, really, the the kind of monies that we have made.
3: Oh, you've you've made money. The kind you've of made the money. We have made. When Even if you see, don't admit to it, you've made money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when we then see when we then see
0: people who may have not made as much because their stardom is amplified now with social media.
3: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: You know, I was. Uh, I was talking to one person the other time and the person said he did an album launch at tier Best Place, the rapper. And when all the artists came, big artists at that time came and they were launching, he he was expecting everybody to drop like 5,000, (laughs) 10,000. And I gave him a check for 250. And he held on to the check. With the fear that it's just show of when he gets to the bank, probably... it, it will bounce. So he went to the bank, cashed it, and called me and said, Bros, thank you. That of all the other people that donated money, that I was the only one that came through. Wow. And I said, for that kind of amount, he said, yes i said where are you he said he's somewhere in Sur-Liris. I said, okay i'll see you i gave him another 100k wow but you see he he tells the story every time let me tell you one time that i met at uh, flavor the yeah. first time i met flavor
3: yeah
0: it was in enugu flavor had a piano that was carrying up up and down and he came to play at a show piano or
3: guitar no a piano
0: wow he was carrying a piano one, one small uh, Casio it was a Casio piano like that so, with a stand <laughs> and So, so and Fino has told this story by himself and so Fino the guy that was organizing the show is the guy called Auguste Baba he's an essay to the Delta State Governor right now so he was organizing the show and he didn't have money to pay for the show so they shut out the lights Wow. <laughs> and they, they said nobody was going to perform again. Right? So and I was I was a guest. I was a special guest. My bag, somebody was carrying my bag. So I said, How much is the money altogether? They said, Oh no, this person, uh, Fino, they called him one name then, has this money is five thousand. This person's money is ten thousand, this one is I said, Okay, give him one fifty. So they gave the guy that was organizing the show 150. So he sorted some people out. So they turned the light on. And I brought more money and gave to them. So we went in. The show was successful. We finished. And I never knew who that person was at the time. And so we went to one event in Calgary. So when we were sitting down, Fino said, I know you don't remember this story. Wow. But I've told it on your behalf several places. I was a pianist. I said, yes. <laughs> you had dreadlocks. <laughs> you carried a a Casio. He said, yes. I would stand. He said, yes. And you're wearing the red jeans. He said, yes. I said, I remember. But you see, when I had an event and I invited him, he said he was not going to charge any time, that he, 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 he would play free. No, wow. the event was then now postponed, and I told him not to worry. Another guy was a nice, yes, nice, and I had some other things like that to mention. And but you see, one other person that I still won't mention now
3: <laughs>
0: came to my office and told me, "Oh, bros, I've done this song. It's a song that will bring me back, was, and uh, we need to shoot the video, and we need money." With it and I said, how much? They said uh, that the guy that is going to shoot the movie, everybody, it will cost him about like 500,000 uh, and he doesn't have a dime. And I gave it. Wow. You know, so why I'm saying this is that to tell you how you sustain yourself all through a career of 30 something years is to make sure that you enable other people's careers as well.
3: Wow. You
0: encourage people. Um, There were, there were a lot of comedians. That stayed in that stayed in my house. There are a lot of comedians that given cards are given cars to, a lot of comedians that have used my platform to grow. There are a lot of comedians who survived on my jokes. Wow, till they found their own footing. So, but you know, some there's some people who said, I don't want you to tell my jokes, I don't want anybody to use my jokes. I'm not going to use them again. Wow, so. I probably go through every day or when I'm watching a movie or reading a book or reading a magazine, I'll create about like two or three jokes Right. that I may not even think I would use. And I'll call one person and say, ah, hold on, Uh, use this joke. Wow. I'll call another person, oh, use this joke. I went to an event one time. I got into the event and sat somewhere at the back because if I sit in the front, I'll be dead straight up to the stage. Yeah. So I went back like so I sat there and I was watching some comedians perform. And this comedian comes on stage and tears the place apart. And I felt, oh, he did good justice to that joke. It was my joke. <laughs> and another man comes to my where I sat and tapped my shoulder and said, Ali, <laughs> these boys will drive you come off a of market too. That means yeah. you're no more relevant. So I said, oh, this guy I said, he did well. He said, ah that's why i told her i said you just begin to see see this boy i kept quiet when the boy came down i said well well done and the man saw me talking with the boy now came and said well done well done i don't tell alibaba that's you you are doing very well he said no the joke i told now is alibaba's joke (laughs) (laughs) and the man said eh he said uh he said two of the jokes are his jokes <laughs> that I told on stage now. So they told me backstage that bros was here. That was why I came to greet him. I said, No, the guy was telling me that you're going to drive us out of the back. He said, Ah, bros, please, please don't, don't, don't start that. You see, in this industry, once you have leverage and you don't let other people use the leverage to grow, you fade. Mm. There's second you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a rule that I live by and is that if your success doesn't make other people successful, you have failed.
3: Mm, that's no. true. That's true. It's I, important. I think you've lived by that though. You are you, you, an epitome of we rise by lifting others like David O. will always say. Mm. I, mean, I mean, apart from the ones you've just said, I mean, your January 1st is a typical sure. example, your concert where you also look at up and coming,
0: every year to the best comedian. There you go. You know, so it's
3: it. I think it's very very important to say that. I know you. I Ted, but, You wanted to ask the it, question,
2: yeah. I know. It's two things that I pick from you that you know you've got morals. Um, you know, you got you got standards that that you adhere to. But under underlining all this is is some level of confidence because you've got to have some some belief in yourself. Very important to to be able to do that.
0: Where 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 did that stem from? Where you know. You know, there was one time I let me. He he has told the story himself, so I can repeat it now. So one time I I went to a show with Basket Mouth, and so we got to the show, and Basket was understanding me at the time. So I said, I said, I said, Basket, I said, Basket, look at this audience. I said, look all around this audience, and tell me a joke. He said, This audience, I said, Yes, tell me a joke from this. Just look at this audience and give me a joke. And he said, Ah, that's, it's hard. I said, No, it's not hard. Look at the audience. So he looked around and told one joke. And I said, Basket, listen. So I told him five jokes from that same audience. When I finished telling the five jokes, I said, You can have all the jokes. (laughs) And so Basket told the story, and somebody called me and said, Oh, so you give these comedians jokes. I said, yes, because you help others grow because you know it will grow the industry. Totally. So for some people, they feel like shutting down an industry is crippling every other person. But you see, it will make others see the industry as growing. This is a problem that a lot of early high life musicians had. The high-life musicians, juju musicians, they were in fighting and fighting amongst themselves. And because of that, they did not breed future musicians through themselves because they were running solo. They wanted to be the only person that would sing. They wanted to be the only person that was sing. For me, it was different. And I think that it's something that I've encouraged amongst a lot of comedians. I tell them, collaboration is the best way to bring the best out of a, an industry. Absolutely. If, you do not, if you do not create a platform for every other person to grow, you stifle the industry. Uh, Quincy Jones has lived by that. Um, Neo has lived by that. Bright Songs, Babyface lived by that. Eddie Murphy lived by that. But people who then decide, I'm solo. You have a platform give other people that platform to grow. Mm. There's no reason to... The dog is not going to run faster than a cheetah. The dog is not going to run faster than a cheetah. And so there's no need to... To... To then begin to... What what points do I have to prove? And so I'm not afraid to seed or give my platform to anybody Mm. to shine.
2: That's that's a that, that's from a real place. Yes, yeah, no, no, I'm, not, real I'm, place. Not,
0: I'm not i I'm not. There's instances where I've gone to an event, and they say, "Oh, you are working with so and so person." I'm say, "Oh, okay," and then I get on stage, I introduce the person, and I tell the person, "Do this and do that. This is how you should introduce this person. This is how you should do this one." I said, "The man that is speaking right now, he said something. You need to take that part, and make a joke out of it. This is how the joke should sound like." Mm. And the person goes back on stage and actually says it like I told him to say it. And the place erupts in laughter. Mm. And when the guy comes back, he's like, how did you know that that was going to be funny? I said, the guy has set the template up already. All you just needed to do was go there and drop a punchline. Mm. Mm. So you teach them how to do it. You teach them how to fish out punchlines. You, te- you teach them how to find humor in everything that they're doing. You, you find some MCs go work and they are trying to outdo the other MC. So there are two MCs. You're trying to make yourself look better than the other person. Not necessary. And sometimes I can go to an event and I'm working with a younger colleague that's an MC or a comedian and I'm not I'm not going to make the guy look like I have better experience i'm actually making the guy look very good maybe one or two times i had shown myself yes well, <laughs> and this one this one is a story that uh, a younger colleague has told uh, for the dangote had an event for dangote i missed my flight now i didn't miss my flight out of my own doing i was supposed to get into uh, uh, lagos from asaba in delta state the flight was supposed to be a ten o'clock flight, so that I'll get in about like twelve and get to the venue for the show for four. The flight for twelve did not come till two thirty.
3: Those typicals. I know those airports.
0: <laughs> Nigerian airport local flights are nightmare. Man, I was freaking out. I sent a message to Aliko, Dangote, and I said, "I said, Chairman, I'm in Nasaba." I'm trying to catch... He said, oh, that a friend of his just left us about now. DJ, yes, DJ I would have, yes, I would have joined the person. Anyway, be coming. Anytime you get here is okay. But you see, his MD and executive directors did not see that chat between me and Aliko and they were screaming blue mother. They had gone to get Genga Denika as, as, as backup. But I sent somebody again, uh, laugh up, to go... And uh, standing for me. So when Laugh Up got there, they said Laugh Up cannot even climb the stage. And
3: the reasons why?
0: Because I did not show up. So they thought that I collected the money that was paid. And you didn't want to show up? And sent a younger colleague. Man. When I finally landed and got to the venue, I sent a message to Aliko and said, Chairman, I'm here now. And he said, go up on stage. And I got backstage and the guy said, you're not going up. I said, I just spoke with Alaji. He said, you can speak with Alaji all you want, but you're not going up. Wow. Then somebody now came. I said, Alaji said Alibaba should go up now. And that was how I was allowed to go on stage. I went on that stage for about like two and a half hours. I showed them that a cheetah is faster than a dog. <laughs> and so when I finished, uh, Femi was in the audience, Aliko was in the audience, there were quite a lot of big boys. and I stood up, applauded, and then I went down. And And the two comedians who were there before me said, but you know that's not fair. <laughs> I, said I said, you just gave them a reason now to know that they should have called you. And they shouldn't have bothered about it. <laughs> but you see, for me, once in a while, you will show that.
3: I think it's important to do that.
0: It's like the day I watched Usain Bolt. He ran a race. Did you see that race? He ran and then turned and looked at the guys. Yeah. And he yeah, was yeah. like,
2: come on. Because I think he could have broken the record.
0: He could have like, broken the record that day. <laughs> he was, he was <laughs> turning around and looking at the funny. guys. And I was telling them, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know? And one of the guys said... He finished at his best that day. But that he was looking at Usain Bolt and I was like, this wouldn't have been me. But that day he learned because Usain Bolt said he had already qualified for finals. So this heat that they were doing, there was nothing. He had qualified. He would run in the last uh, race. But He just needed to be there to inspire all those other guys. There was a race that he finished because he wanted somebody to get his best record. So sometimes it's not necessary.
3: If you're just joining us, we are the commissioners with my humble self, DJ Gabe, Teddy, Samboiti,
1: and Wise Tala.
3: In the building with the one and only, the legendary, the iconic, the titan that's called Alibaba. So we're just going to round up tonight. It's been a pleasure, by the way. This podcast is going to be in two parts, by the way, just in case you don't know.